Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is the UNC football recruiting podcast, as always, with Don Donnie Scoops Callahan, the celebrity of the Inside Carolina message boards over the weekend. We're recording this um, about around noon on Wednesday, a couple of days after uh, Tommy Buck and Don recorded a, a another podcast on recruiting. We're going to get into more civics here. What's going on, Don? Not too much. Just uh, <laughs> relaxing after a very, very crazy and busy, hectic uh, weekend. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, staring in front of staring into a computer screen for hours and writing stories and and you know preparing and digging into things, trying to find out exactly what time, what's going to ha- you know each situation is going to happen. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I had to, for the Drake May thing. We we kind of knew it was coming, kind of, and I think that's the worst for uh, for me at least or for us because you know it's coming, so you have to be ready. So you just wait all day for it and it can drag on and you can consume your whole day, if not the next day, because you have no idea when it's going to happen. Yeah. And and I kind of got into this a little bit on the podcast on Sunday night that we did on Sunday night. But yeah. And I told you off off the uh, the air that I had plans with my my wife on Friday night and we couldn't find we we knew what was going to happen. We just know exactly what time it was going to happen. And from my understanding, it was supposed to happen once Dre landed. Not Drake. Once Drake landed in um, Houston for a seven on seven, but apparently he decided to do it before he left for Houston. And the problem for me was I had a bunch of sources telling me it was probably going to happen in the evening, which is about the same time that I was supposed to go out with my wife. So I had to talk my wife into not going out on Friday night, only yeah. to find out that Drake tweeted it out at roughly four thirty, which would have been plenty of time for us to go out but at that point we kind of shifted our plans so that that was just the, the kind of weekend that uh that i was having yeah and I, I was actually in colorado and i was just carrying my laptop around everywhere i went actually when the news broke i was at uh, meeting up some friends at a brewery and so i kind of had to work right there um because yeah, i had so pre-written some stories i had pre-written some stories with quotes from a lot of national analysts and um so i had to get those out and of course i do our facebook page newsletter 
some Twitter stuff, and so we were coordinating there. So tough were, life the, for us uh, reporters. Were the people that you were with, were they understanding or have an idea of – I mean, everybody knows what we do, but they tr- do they truly – did they truly know what you do sort of thing? Nah, I don't know. It was so casual. I was just – you know, I wasn't really writing stories I already written, so it was just kind of monitoring stuff and putting stuff on scheduling gotcha. stuff on Facebook. Um, you know, you know how it is. I've written stories all over, pulled over on the highway, parking lots, fast food restaurants, different social occasions. That's how it is for our business. For for the recruiting business, because you just never know what's gonna happen with, with when you're covering a team, you at least kind of know when the games are. Breaking yeah. news does happen though with injuries and things like that. So with Inside Carolina, it's nice because we have so many people that can um do stuff like if i can't get it greg can get it or ben can get it or if they're not available i can get it things like that okay so hopefully you've listened to buck don and tommy's podcast that posted on i think monday morning or sunday night that was more of a general um kind of overview of the weekend with the four commitments four four star commitments to unc it touched on a, a kind of a broader look at it and the momentum and more of the mac brown and what it means with Tommy and Buck providing perspective on that. We're going to dive in. It's going to be very different. We're going to dive into each recruitment of each four four players and then get into you know, what they're going to bring to North Carolina as a player and so, so more of a uh, breaking it down from a, more of a micro level. First, we're going to introduce our new top five. We're not going to have a top five this week for this podcast. The next time we record, we will uh, read your submits and give our opinion as well. The new top five is your top five gas station purchases, treats, things you buy when you're at a gas station on a road trip and you load up, whether it can be a drink, a snack, a sweet treat, whatever you want, whatever you get at gas stations. Is that, is that a good description? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons why I kind of like this idea, Buck, um, Buck. <laughs> Ross came up with the idea, um, but uh as everyone knows, I, I do a lot of quote unquote road trips places. And so, so I'm going to be taking notes and seeing what other people do mm. for uh, their road trip ideas. Cause I mean, I almost once a week, I'm going somewhere that's a, that's a good distance away to where I'm going to have to stop at a gas station to pick up something. Yeah. And, um, I think everybody gets things that maybe they don't usually buy. Cause you, I don't know. I don't really buy sweets and, and snacks when I go to the grocery store. But when you go to a gas station, you can get the individually wrapped, you know, chips or or cookies or candy bars or and drinks you don't usually buy. So I think it's a it's a good top five. All right, enough of that. We're gonna move on. We're gonna jump right in to the we, four commitments to UNC. We probably should tell how we how you can submit it first before we get into yeah, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So you could tweet at me at Don Callahan IC or send me a personal message on Inside Carolina's message board. Or if you must, this is my least preferred method, you can email <laughs> me, Don at InsideCarolina.com. Okay. We're gonna go through every we're gonna go to the, the, the last four commitments to UNC. Starting on Tuesday night, it was right after the Wake Forest UNC basketball game. It happened around 11.30, and Don was asleep, and so Ben and I put together the article. But Keyshawn Silver, we're going to start with him. We're going to go to Friday, which was Drake May, and then uh, Kobe Passor, who committed on Saturday, and Eli Sutton, who committed on Sunday. So that's going to be the breakdown of this podcast. So we'll start. Keyshawn Silver. Don, what kind of happened with his recruitment? Because we know he released the top seven days before. He did visit UNC on Tuesday night. I saw him with uh, Mac Brown. Quickly, tell us about his recruitment. 
um, what happened and what kind of moved him to commit this early for for a guy, a national recruit, six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pounds, strong side defensive end, the number one hundred and seven overall ranked player in the twenty four seven sports composite, number eight defensive end in the class, number five player in the state and a four star. Yeah, so his you know, basically he really blew up this offseason and I guess in some during last football season and just had a bunch of options. Um, Florida was probably one of the main ones, but Alabama and Auburn were where some schools are coming on. Uh, he had planned an entire, I guess, spring basically of trips. And this past weekend, he was supposed to visit Florida. And there was a lot of whispers, you know, I guess about a week or two heading into that Florida visit that um, the Gators were going to kind of put the squeeze on him. And for for those who aren't familiar with that recruiting term, is basically kind of, kind of, I don't want to say force, but kind of, um, you know, put a little pressure on him to commit. And so North Carolina obviously was aware of that and realized that, hey, if if he leaves Chapel Hill on Thursday without making a commitment, Tuesday. he might. What's that? I'm sorry. Was it Tuesday he visited? Yeah, Tuesday he visited. Yep. The Tuesday that he visited, then he might not ever return to Chapel Hill's <laughs> campus. So um, they made an entire day of it. You just kind of hanging around, a lot of hanging around with uh, Jay Bateman. UNC's defensive coordinator, uh, Dre Bly, obviously was involved, and so was uh, Tim Cross, the defensive line coach. And they were successfully able to to kind of um, get him to commit, even though, it, at least from my conversations with Keyshawn, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of pressuring going on. It seems like this is something that he's been kind of um, thinking about for a while now, and it just kind of hit him on the visit. And um, I think everybody knows the story now. He... He committed on the visit and with the intent of making that news public probably the following week after he was able to put a video together. You know, a lot of kids like to do that sort of thing. But he went home and he does what every smart man does. <laughs> he had some chicken wings and the chicken wings, I guess, once they kind of hit his stomach, told him, hey, let's do this now at 1130 at night. And that's what he did. He put it out there on Twitter that he was committed. And uh, it really was, I think, I've been singing his praise for a very long time. In my personal rankings, I had him number two in the state. I think he's a guy who's who's definitely, at the very least, a borderline, um, I guess, uh, high four-star, low five-star sort of guy. I feel like his potential is just off the charts. Um, but, um, you know, so it's, it's a huge gift for North Carolina. In addition to his physical abilities – I mean, you're talking about a kid who's already a major recruiter for UNC, so he's going to really help with this class. Yeah, very active on social media. I follow him on Instagram. He always does these Instagram lives with Caleb Hood. Have you ever seen those? I saw one, and I guess one of them was, uh, you know, kind of stirred up some, um, some, I guess, rumors or whatever about potential, um, so other potential commitments. Yeah, and like it pops up as an alert, and you like click it, and there's just like these two guys just kind of like hanging out, and you're like, all right, this is stupid, and you log off. But <laughs> they were talking about Drake. They were talking about Drake May one time, so I was like, maybe I can get some scoop out of this. But um, all right. So when you're in that room, you know what? What do you think, Mac Brown, Jay Bateman did? You said they didn't pressure him too much, but at some point they had to be, they had to say like, hey, we know you're looking at other schools. What do you think they say to get him to commit to UNC at that point when, you know, it's it's months away from signing day and, and he has so many other big-time schools recruiting him? 
Well, I think you, it's... You, you have a perspective on that? Yeah, so I think what usually happens, it, it's kind of like almost like a half-joking sort of thing. It's like, you know, when I invite you to come over to the man tower and hang out, <laughs> you know? And you say, ah, I don't know, I got stuff I got to do. And, and I, you know, I wait a little bit and then I might give you a call and say, hey, you know you want to come to the man tower. You know that there's no place better than the man tower. And so I think that stuff kind of happened. Uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, having conversations from what I heard. He, you know, there were certain conversations where Bateman was like, you know, you don't want to go all the way down to Gainesville. You know, you know, you want to be in Chapel Hill, you know. And but really, when the actual commitment came, went down, at least according to Keyshawn's, what Keyshawn told me was he was sitting at the basketball game right next to Dre Bly. And he just said, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And Dre was, and Dre knew he spoke that language, and he knew. He said, <laughs> "He said, you ready to do this?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And so he said, "Well, all right, go, uh, go talk to, uh, go talk to Coach Brown." And and he went up to Coach Brown and committed. So that's yeah, that's crazy. you know. So yeah. So that that whole we put up a a Q and a story on, I guess it was Wednesday with, um, Keyshawn and, you know, a lot of these Q and a stories, I know they, they kind of generic, you know, they like, they all like the same things about North Carolina. It was pretty bland, but this is actually a really good one. Gives you some good insight on different things on who he's recruiting on what went down, his thinking, all that sort of stuff. So definitely, definitely check that, that story out if you haven't already. Great. And briefly, what do you think he's going to bring? You said you really like his tape. What position exactly is he going to play in Jay Bateman's defense and, and kind of a quick analysis of him as a player? Yeah, so he he's going to be that four eye or four technique. You know, one of the down linemen, but not the the nose for North Carolina. Okay. He has a great frame, six foot five, 236 pounds. At least that's what he weighed last summer. He's probably closer to, you know, 250 at this point, but definitely a lot of room for growth. Um, and I think with that, he's still so athletic, which is key. Just go watch his, uh, his basketball highlights. I mean, he's definitely not a basketball player, but just what he does on the basketball court at his size is just unbelievable. Okay. And just, a, you know, just a classic defensive in, you know, rush the passer, set the edge, block the run. Anything special about there? Yeah. I think the thing with him is that he's, in a four-three, in a four-man front, he'd be kind of a a tweener, as we call it. You know, he'd be yeah, maybe he's an end, maybe he's a defensive tackle. So, which in those situations, those sort of guys are perfect for Jay Bateman's defense. But I mean, he's a guy who can rush the passer. He's a guy that that can um, you know, occupy blockers. Um, but he's also a guy that can stop the run. Okay, great. We're gonna take a quick break now and talk about Giant T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. When you're coming to UNC for the spring game, dropping by on the way through North Carolina, make sure you head to Johnny T-Shirt right there on Franklin Street to get all your apparel and UNC gear needs. They're also online at JohnnyT-Shirt.com. If you're a premium Inside Carolina subscriber, you can get the promo code on both the UNC Basketball and Tar Pit Premium Message Boards. Use that code to get 10% off all your purchases at JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They're locally owned. We want to support locally owned um, businesses and they have the, the best customer service of any any company that, that sells the kind of stuff for UNC. The Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. If you're going to buy UNC gear, we expect a lot of you will. Help us out, help them out, and help the podcast out by going to Johnny T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. All right, Friday, Drake May. 
one of the bigger commitments, I think, in uh, in UNC history since I've been covering it. You know, I think it rivals kind of Sam Howe. He's, he's ranked higher, a big name. And, of course, um, the, the fact that he's a quarterback makes it that much more important because it sets the future for that position for, for years to come. Um, Don, kind of breakdown, you know, we, we all kind of know what kind of happened with, you know, he, he committed to Alabama, but UNC stayed on him. Can you give us a little more detail on kind of what, what happened to change his mind, I guess? Um, I know the, the quarterback, Bryce Young, that committed to Alabama and signed with Alabama also played a role. Yeah, so with Alabama, and he kind of – Drake kind of downplayed this, and I really don't think – I really think if North Carolina – wasn't doing what they were doing and didn't impress him like they did. And I'll get into that in a second. I, I don't know how much of a factor, you know, he, how much he would have been considering decommitting from, from Alabama. I think he was intent on kind of watching how things kind of rode out with that whole situation. You know, Bryce Young, who is, I think, God, he was like in the top five, regardless of position um, in last class, top quarterback, obviously in last class, he's, signs and has already enrolled at Alabama and basically he's walking into a situation where Alabama is having a a um you know a quarterback um competition with you know Tua Tagovailoa graduating uh, and you know a lot of people think that he's going to win that job from Jake Drake's perspective is if Bryce Young wins that job then Drake has to sit behind him for what you know three years or so um depending on how you know the you know, red shirting and all that sort of stuff. He didn't like that idea. He's is completely comfortable with competing with with um, other quarterbacks, even elite quarterbacks, but wanted to be involved in the competition and wanted to be involved in the competition early on. And North Carolina has that perfect situation. Now, as far as UNC is concerned, really, you know, and, and you talked to him, um, I think last June, and he mentioned some things to you. Basically, he wanted a football school, did not view North Carolina as a football school. And even though he tried to downplay that a little bit, it was obvious that that was going to work against North Carolina. And I guess during this season, and he actually said this, during this past season, particularly that Clemson game, really kind of, I guess, signaled to him that he could achieve all of his dreams on the field at North Carolina. And that's just kind of get got the ball rolling for him to start to kind of reconsider things. The Alabama stuff obviously was part of it too. And, you know, once his basketball season was over with, he decided to really kind of think of the situation and go through it and talk to his family members. And that kind of, um, I guess, reached ahead this past Friday. Yeah. I mean, so why now, I guess, I mean, he could have made it earlier. He could have made it later once he saw how spring practice went for Bryce Young in Alabama. Is there any anything there? Um, I don't. You know, I, the timing is. I, I think it was just because he finally had an opportunity to sit down and talk to his parents, and he and he also has brothers involved in that because for a while there he was playing basketball, um, and and that was the focus and trying to win a a championship. He, you know, and for those who who follow high school athletics, you know that football and basketball season, there's there's a couple weeks where they overlap. So he didn't get a break in between the two sports to you know, think things over then um, and then really just had an opportunity you know, this past week to talk it over with his family. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think multiple factors of play, as you mentioned. I think the fact that his dad played here, his, dad, his brother was a star here. It's close and all the ties with, with Dre Bly. 
and other Charlotte players on his seven on seven team all played a role that if he was going to decommit from Alabama, it was going to be towards UNC. And I think it just shows that, you know, UNC is becoming way more of a power in terms of it being a football school and the momentum. And this is a huge indication of that, that they can flip an Alabama recruit. Um, and they can start landing these, these top, you know, hundred type players in state. The, the fact that all these four stars are in state, it's just a perfect storm, storm for UNC recruiting right now. Cause as they're getting going, there is a, a bevy of talent in uh, the state of North Carolina. Okay. Drake may as a player, you know, what, what, what's, what does he bring? How is he different than Sam Howell and Jacoby Criswell? What does he do better? What, what kind of things do you think he needs to work on? Well, I think with Sam, um, you know, his thing it has always been just that it factor. You know, uh, I mean, he's a good player. has good arm talent. It has some mobility. Uh, his mobility on the high school level was was obviously a lot more effective. Um, and, I, and I'm sure we'll see a little bit more this season, you know, now that Jacoby's there and, and Jace Reuter will hopefully be healthy. Um, but, you know, he really gets by with a lot of that it factor. He just makes plays. Drake definitely has the it factor, but he's more of a, you know, just kind of just effort, effortlessly dissects the defense and just, you know, just very carefree. Nothing seems to rattle him and just kind of picks apart the defense, you know, and just takes it downfield. You know, I mean, he's and he's a guy that in in camp settings doesn't look the greatest because he's more about the vision and seeing things and the anticipation. So he's more of like kind of elite in that aspect. And the fact that he just does it without, it just seems like he's just out there just at the beach, basically just throwing passes, you know, and it's the craziest thing. When I went to the practice, I went to the Carolina Sarge practice. They didn't have a lot of the A team guys there. And so guys like Drake and, and Gavin Blackwell, they were on the sitting on the sidelines, kind of just, you know, chatting it up and, you know, the, the coach was like, hey, Drake, just come in here with the B team. And he ran over there right without much instruction and just threw a couple darts. Yeah, I think it was like three or four plays. The team went down the field and, and scored. And it was like with a group of guys that he's not – I mean, I'm sure he's familiar with them to a degree, but they're not his normal wide receivers with that team. And it was just amazing just to see. And he just kind of just so care, you know carefree about it. And it is what it is sort of thing. And that's what's what he his, brings. What's his personality like? Yeah, um, super nice kid. Super, super, super uh, respectful. Uh, you know, very. He's very careful with the words he uses. He says stuff, but yet he also um, is protective of certain things. And that obviously was was really evident when I was talking to him the Sunday before he he made the switch. Where I mean, he he clearly it made it clearly clearly known that something was going on. But he was still, you know, didn't talk badly about Alabama and didn't really reveal a whole lot, but also did not lie about anything, which is always Mm. difficult when you're in these sort of situations. And it's just, I mean, very, you know, I hate to use, I guess, the politician, but just so smart with his words. You know, really a great kid to talk to. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you. All that. I mean, super humble. You know, um, I'm sure you've dealt with his his dad, Mark. Um, Yeah. Very, you know, I mean. His dad, Mark, is unbelievable, super hum- humble guy, um, awesome guy. Um, and and it, obviously the apple doesn't uh, fall far from the tree. There you go. I mean, and also I think another thing differ- differentiates him from Sam Howe. I mean, he's 6'5". He has a frame. You know, his brother's, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, so this is going to be more of your pro style, 
sit in the pocket, pick people apart type quarterback. Yeah. Still athletic enough, but you know he has a prototypical size where height is not going to be an issue for anything. Yes. Great. All right, let's take a quick break. We get back and we'll talk about the two other commits that came over the weekend. Um, wide receiver Kobe Passore and Eli Sutton. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we are back to wrap up this podcast. We have a couple more players to talk about. Huge weekend. Four-star Armageddon. Is that what you – four-star Mageddon? Is that what you called it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that you your loved it. it that was not ah, mine. i don't know you about would, that what you no, say no it was not mine was it, it what it was ben's yeah we um really i, I kind of threw it out there and i said hey i think we need to find some sort of you know name, crazy yeah. sort of name for this and that was the first thing he threw out just as a joke and then we kind of went back and forth with a bunch of different names we actually thought about just kind of throwing it out there for the the posters because some of our posters are super creative uh but we wanted to make it like kind of, or i at least wanted to make it a surprise you know a gift <laughs> to our subscribers you know this this great name and i just was like you know i really like the first thing you came out with and he was like all right let's let's roll with it interesting um what were some other ideas uh I can't remember any that really stuck out, which is probably why we went with uh, four star Mageddon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dealing with editing and, and Ben and stuff, you have you, there's obviously you put out tons of content. So you, you're constantly trying to figure out titles for things and and rewording certain things. So I've been there, and it's funny that sometimes Ben doesn't like to have the flashy kind of goofy names like four star Mageddon. So it's funny he picked that. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this because I know Ben's going to listen to this, but um, yeah, he's very very. <laughs> in the lines straightforward and i and you probably know this ross i'm outside the lines yeah <laughs> this I'll is go a bad boy. Little, <laughs> i wouldn't go that far a little risque like to have a little fun and then you know how it is i mean you write something and and you're a little goofy with it or whatever and ben's like nope just erase yeah. that entire line and then you got to fight him with it and usually he ends up wins winning within those situations but yeah but yeah i was glad that ben wanted to have a little fun with this but i think with the column ben has been really 
receptive to having a little bit more fun with this than a typical story I put up. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's get into it with um, the Friday, sorry, Saturday, I'm losing track here, Saturday commitment of Kobe Passore. You know, admittedly, I didn't know this guy's name. I, I had not heard about him. Um, he's he's ranked 56th wide receiver and 18th in-state guy. So he is a, he's a quality guy in terms of the in-state guys. He's a four-star out of Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Kobe Passore, he joins Gavin Blackwell as the two wide receivers in the 2021 class for UNC. Uh, I know he's teammates with another player UNC's recruiting. What kind of happened to get him to commit on Saturday? Well, just to kind of, I guess, step step into our time machine, way back in the fall, I actually went to his practice and mm. almost kind of like wrote him off completely because he told me that, hey, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in North Carolina. I, I want to go to an SEC school. I want to go someplace where I'm going to get the exposure. Or I have a chance to win a championship and all that sort of stuff. So I kept him on the, the recruiting board. I did throw that little um, tidbit, what he mentioned to me, on um, that week's weekly scoop. And really, I just kind of, I don't want to say ignored him, but I mean, he wasn't a priority for me based off of that conversation. And hopefully people can understand why. And so North Carolina just slowly kind of, I guess, got back in it with him. You know, he said that that his, you know, the way North Carolina got in it with his mind was the fact that... Um, he went on a lot of these visits to all these other places, you know, places like Notre Dame and Georgia, these big time schools where he, I guess he was expecting to be blown away and just kind of felt like I feel more comfortable at North Carolina. And then he returned to UNC for their final junior day, which was February 1st. And that kind of, I guess, set the stage for things um, somewhere along the lines. He had a conversation with the coaches and was like, Hey, if you get Drake may, I'm going to commit. If you get tricked, hey, I'll commit, basically. That's wild. Um, and, and it probably was a situation more of like, hey, what do we have to do to get you to commit? And he was probably like, if you get tricked, May, I'll commit. And it's probably yeah. kind of a throwaway comment for him. Leading up to Friday, obviously UNC knew that Drake May was going to flip. They reached out to Kobe and was like, We're, we are going to get Drake May to flip. What are you going to do? And he said, if it happens, I'll commit the next day. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> Um, and this is so. This is a guy they always wanted. He's, he was a top target on their wide receiver board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's definitely one of the top wide receivers in the state. Okay. Um, what does he bring? I mean, how is he different than than or what kind of wide receiver is he? He's he's the outside inside guy. What's he going to bring to UNC? So he's kind of like an all around guy. He's probably more of an outside guy, but definitely can play inside. Um, he's a guy that could really he could stretch the field. He could do the jump ball. Um, if you want to get him on the jet sweep, he can do that, you know, on the screen game, but he's probably most dangerous. Just, you know, those 50, 50 balls down the sideline, which, which Sam Howe really liked to do. He's probably most dangerous with that just because he's able to, you know, he has great body control. He can contort his body to put himself in the best position while also kind of shielding the defender away from the ball and does a great, great job of high pointing the ball. He has, he has tremendous timing. That was a good little breakdown there. Um, how many more wide receivers could UNC take in this class? The probably right now, and all these numbers are always, I guess, suspect to if something were to happen on the roster, things change. But as of right now, UNC is looking for one more. Um, and, uh, you know, and 
you know, as we mentioned in the in the weekly scoop, there's a couple of guys that they really like. Um, would love to get a tall guy if that's possible um, to to pair with you know Kobe and uh, and Gavin, who are both in this six foot ish range. Gotcha. Okay, awesome. Uh, Kobe Passore, six one, one seventy five. Um, kind of a lower four-star, ranked number 330 in the nation, commits to UNC on Saturday. All right, and finally, Eli Sutton. You know, this was another guy. I didn't know his name when um, I heard that he was poised to commit. Um, maybe that's your fault for not informing the board. But uh, Brentwood, Tennessee, which is actually where the headquarters of 24-7 Sports is located, 6'7", 285, has the, definitely the length and size you want for the offensive tackle position. Highly ranked, number 168 in the nation, number 21 at the offensive tackle position, number four in the state of Tennessee. Um, Eli Sutton, what, what went on with his recruitment? I know that he kind of had to get UNC to start recruiting him, and it took off from there and involved Stacey Searles a lot. Yeah, so as you mentioned, it, it was kind of crazy that North Carolina really didn't show him hardly any attention. Early on, and that's not uncommon because Tennessee has been an area that North Carolina has kind of spot recruited because this is a very different state. There's some, I guess, pockets of talent around you know Nashville and and um, and Memphis, Memphis and everything, but yeah, but for the most part, it's not a great area. And then also the SEC does a really good job of recruiting that state. So anyway, so um, he, yeah, academic kid, um, you know, was really interested in Duke and was going to make his second or third visit to Duke last January and decided, Hey, North Carolina is what, what is What do they always say on ESPN? It's a um, 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Eight um, miles of tobacco. Eight miles. That's right. That's right. Whether that's true or not. Um, is it true? I think, didn't you actually map it out? Yeah. I think it's a little bit more. If you go from Keen stadium to wherever Duke plays I'll gotcha. right now, go ahead. Um, so anyway, so we decided to stop by, stop by and, Obviously, the coaches did some research beforehand. Saw this kid, was, you know, loved this film, all that sort of stuff. Came in, he was a legit six seven. Offered him a scholarship. Little did I think everybody know that visit made a huge impact on Sutton during his, I think he said, eight hour ride back home. He just kept on thinking about North Carolina, thinking about North Carolina. North Carolina made his top, I think it was a top seven schools list, and and then really a couple weeks ago he made the decision that he wanted to commit to North Carolina, but wanted to do it in person um, because he mentioned that it's important to him to shake Mac Brown's hand and look him in the eye and make that commitment. But with, with, I guess the, the hype and everything that surrounded this past weekend, he decided, Hey, forget about going up there and committing. He still plans on going up there, but just obviously not committing. Um, I'm going to do it this weekend and make this weekend even more special than, than it already is. And so he decided to commit on Sunday. Do you think he had conversations with any of the other players or was it just conversations with the coaches before he committed? So, so I know that he had a conversation with Drake the night before, and they were kind of going over recruiting strategy and all that sort of stuff from their standpoint. My guess though, is that he was tipped off by the coaches that, these commitments were either happening or were in the middle of happening. And he just decided, Hey, let me, let me be a part of this. Wow. And that just shows you the power of the momentum. I mean, the Keyshawn Silver and Drake may committing ended up adding, they added two more commitments with Passor and Sutton. 
Um, and definitely now with nine commitments, they're, they're kind of sitting pretty and, and people are taking notice nationally and regionally of UNC's um, recruiting prowess right now. Wallace Wade Stadium is 10.5 miles from Keene Stadium. Gotcha. So ESPN has lied to me all these years. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you take like the edge of UNC's campus, maybe the edge of Duke's campus, it would be maybe closer to a nine or eight. Okay, so where does UNC go now? I mean, I guess that's uh, the interest of a lot of people. I mean, are they going to get more commitments soon, or are we kind of in another period of, of waiting? Because um, I know, that, well, if you look at your your weekly scoop, there's definitely some high target players who are close to committing, but we're not sure if UNC is the for sure leader. Yeah, so I think we will have some more commits before the end of for the end of April, um, prob- maybe even some in May. Um, June is usually a really big time for commitments because a lot of visits, official visits can still be taken. Your official visits can start to be taken April 1st. So that can maybe, um, push guys to make commitments. But yeah, I think that we're going to see some more, more stuff happening, but I don't, you know, we don't have any, any definite plans as far as no it. Okay. This guy is deciding this day or, or anything like that. Okay, and then I think it would be remiss for us not, for not to not talk about the three running backs that UNC is targeting: Travion Henderson, who is taking an official, a visit to UNC in March. Correct? Yes. So this is all part of the the weekly scoop, as you mentioned. Yeah. If you have not re- read the weekly scoop, I urge you to read it. <laughs> I really do, and and it's not obviously I read I I wrote it, and you know so I have a bias, but I just feel like I I definitely put in. A lot of the information that, that I gather through the course of a week, I fit it into each weekly scoop as much as I can. So um, if you only read one recruiting article a week, I, I just feel like that should be the one. Anyway, so yeah. Yeah, so the, the, yeah the, I mean. Go ahead. What I would say is, yeah, I think your weekly scoop and Sherelle's weekly scoop and then the little tidbits you drop on the board are probably the most valuable thing for the Inside Carolina premium membership. Um, outside of some, you know, team scoops that Greg and I dropped from practices and weekly, um, you know, pre preseason camp, things like that. But the, the recruiting stuff you cannot find anywhere else. So it's definitely worth the membership there. All right. Yeah. The three running backs, Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, Will Shipley. Can you give us a brief synopsis of what's going on there? Yeah. So those guys weren't directly affected by what happened this past weekend, but they were all aware of what happened and it definitely helped, I guess, uh, change the perception in their minds for North Carolina. You know, uh, both Pryor and Shipley are teammates of Drake Mays on the Carolina Stars with the 707 team I talked about earlier. And, you know, so they're obviously aware. I mean, Pryor is really close with Shipley. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, Pryor is really close with Drake. And Shipley's dad and Drake's dad are, are, are really, really close from what I've been told. Um, so, so obviously to see Drake commit that that's huge with those two guys with Henderson, he's been kind of just, you know, he, he didn't have, I think a lot of out of state guys that they just think of North Carolina as a football school. And so stuff that like this past weekend, when you see four, four stars commit, it kind of makes you think, okay, maybe this isn't a football school. Maybe, the, or maybe this isn't just a basketball school. Maybe this is a, a potential football school, um, or a dual school. Um, and you know, so, so the, the visit on the 21st for him is going to be really big to kind of continue to build that, um, perspective. Great. Um, 
So we'll be looking for that because Pryor, Pryor, I think, is the is the big name that a lot of people are waiting to see where he goes. Ohio State, definitely in play there. Um, and, of course, you can get a lot more information. Gre- um, sorry, I almost called you Greg. Donga's well, a you great Buck. job of breaking down. That's right. I don't know which is worse. Um, Donga's a good job of breaking down each position to kind of give you a sense of – and I think these are good because it's just a, it gives you a feel for what UNC needs, where they stand with some of their top targets. It's a good overview here as we sit with uh, nine commitments. Each position, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, what positions they're looking for and where they stand with some of their top targets and where they need to maybe add more scholarships and things like that. Okay, I think that is it, Don. Um, looking at here at our Google Doc, I think we touched on everything. Uh, touched on all four of the new commitments. UNC's class right now is ranked, this is wild, number four in the nation, number two in the ACC. So they passed Miami in uh, the rankings, I think with that Eli Sutton commitment. Uh, Miami's number six. Notre Dame, number five. North Carolina, number four. Florida, number three. Clemson, number two. And Ohio State, number one. Okay, so anything else, Don? No, no. Just uh, make sure you send your top five. Your, I guess your travel food that you're going to go into a gas station to get, that's important. On Twitter, uh, direct message on, um, on the message board or email. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will, uh, I guess, catch you next time. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.